Hey, uh, we have a new sponsor for this week. This uh, this this episode is sponsored by the Magic Duck. Uh, you know what? When you when you when things ain't working right, working things right. is rough, things mm-hmm. is hard. You got to get mm-hmm. that magic duck. Yeah. When you get that magic duck, it'll change your life. <laughs> <laughs> so kids, get that magic duck and make it happen. Magic duck. <laughs> That's right. This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. All right, and the great thing, so so Jeff, uh, I was telling you a little bit who Jay was. I was telling Jay a little bit who Jeff is. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll provide some more context for everybody. So uh, welcome, everybody, to episode 129. We got rid of Martin for the week, and when we get rid of Martin, we have fun. So we got Jay joining us. Uh, Jay is one of my regular cohorts on comic, uh, comics in black and white. Uh, he's also here because he's the one who's recording it because I've been too lazy to download the software on my new laptop since my old laptop died. Uh, Jeff is joining us from Valiant Comics Review, uh, which is the, the Canadian Valiant comic <laughs> podcast, even though Jeff is, uh, is just a pretend Canadian living in uh, New England. Um, are you I are you on that every week, Jeff? Are you like uh, one of the the there every week guys? Yeah, it's it's pretty much been uh, myself, Sean, who I consider to be kind of the godfather of Valiant Podcasting, if you will, because he's he's the one that's been doing OTV since way back in the day. Uh, angry Chris from Calgary, who just man, he's just an angry guy, and then uh, Josh. <laughs> Josh Deck, also up in Canada. There, the, the toughest thing I'm I'm on as often as I can be and or need to be. Some weeks it comes around and I'm like, Jesus, you know, it's Monday night. They're all, not all of them. Josh, I think, is an hour behind, and then Chris and Sean are three hours behind. So they're just, you know, they're just getting home from, you know, doing their big boy jobs, and it's like seven o'clock. And meanwhile, I'm struggling to stay awake because it's 10 p.m. over here, and I'm like, guys, I just want to do this. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I'm pretty much a regular over there, which is good. I just I basically I begged my way in there. I sent Sean a random message one time, and I did a voice message. It was the first voice message I ever sent on Facebook, and I was like, "Hey, I want to be on your podcast." And I got Chris <laughs> to put in a good word for me, and then and then boom, that was it. Quantum and Woody must die. Number two, I think, was my uh <laughs> my first <laughs> my first foray. And I was I was way more more excited about it back then than I am now. <laughs> so they brought you in on one that you just couldn't fuck up, basically. The, the book oh, was already. That was, uh... <laughs> that was a good one. No, see, I like those. I what, what totally threw me off. Sean didn't tell me. I don't know if you guys how much OTV you guys listen to, but uh, Chiclo is another one of the guys over there, and he's just he's just a friggin' riot man. And I didn't I didn't realize I was going to be going on with him as well. So I talked to Sean a little bit, and he gave me the rundown and whatever. And then I hear Chiclo chime in, and I'm like, no way. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I listened to a ton of OTV when I was first getting into Valiant Podcasts. I started listening to the Valiant Podcast uh, before they collapsed um, under the pressure of our greatness. Is uh, that's how the story goes? But, uh, but yeah, so I started listening to them, and then I, you know, of course, you hear about OTV if you are in the groups and and all that, whatever. So I started listening to them, and I actually started listening backwards. To OTV, like going back to the stuff before, um, a little bit. And then once Martin and I started doing this podcast, 
it didn't take that long. And I, I just stopped listening to volume podcasts altogether because like I, I talk about it. Why, why would I listen to it? But I also, I just, I don't have the same kind of time that other people do to listen to podcasts. So it's like, I basically, I'm a one, one podcast kind of guy and I tend to binge on one podcast until I get tired of it and I'll switch to something else and switch back when I feel like it. So doing like, five different Valiant podcasts and actually trying to have a life outside of Valiant just <laughs> doesn't really work out for me. What, uh, what, what podcast Valiant related or not are you currently binging? Uh, it's a wrestling one. Uh, my cousin out here in Maine, my wife's cousin, Mike, he's a, a big wrestling fan. And, uh, I, do you listen to any of the other nerdy Legion podcasts, Jeff? Not yet. Not until uh, you guys give me a homework assignment as for what other comic books I need to be reading. Or, or uh, I can we'll talk about that tonight. There, there's not a lot of Valiant news to talk about. We, You mentioned something, Jeff, which is actually the exact one thing that I want to touch on tonight in particular, but it won't take that long to talk about, so we'll stray wherever we feel like. But uh, So anyways, a little, little nerdy Legion context here. Uh, so you, you're meeting Jay now, who is is now... He's part of a regular podcast, and he's actually working on another one with another guy who's part of Comics in Black and White with me, uh, Dennis. But uh, so, you know, we we started with this podcast, and we slowly grew from there. We started doing the Nerdy Legion podcast, which uh, started out as like we'll just kind of have a topic, and whoever shows up shows up. Now it's more like Nick and Martin show up every week and talk about whatever the hell they want to talk about. Uh, but then as we grew, we ended up, we had a couple of guys, one of which is Ronnie, who is doing like, God, how many podcasts is he doing, Jay? Four? Uh, at least. At least three. I think it's four. Uh, he does Rebirth Ultimate Marvel, Aftershock. I think th- those are his three regulars. Those I think, regular oh, and then the wrestling one. Oh, uh, and the wrestling one. Of course. One, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, so Ronnie and another guy wanted to do the wrestling podcast. We helped them kick it off. My cousin, who is a not only a huge wrestling fan, but uh, knows more about wrestling than anybody, like anybody, period. Uh, so I said, hey, you guys should have him on. I got him to go on there because I knew that if he went on there, he'd love it and he'd end up becoming a regular. So he became part of that podcast. They ditched the uh, the other guy that started it with Ronnie and added uh, Aaron on a while before they ditched the other guy. But So they kind of shifted around, but... Um, Anyway, so they huge wrestling fans, all of them, and they started listening to this podcast called Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Uh, do you, do either of you guys know anything about wrestling? Uh, no, very little. I mean, it's not something that ever held much interest for me. Jeff? Not all that much. I think the extent of my exposure to wrestling, ironically enough, as a kid, was uh, on the back of a whole bunch of DC comic books I had back in the early <laughs> 90s that I didn't really even read all that much. I got a couple of like nice. rando issues of Superman, and then there was like a Star Trek thing that they did with these weird aliens that look like anteaters and stuff. But I remember the remember the wrestling advertisements. I think it was for the game. I think it was one of the NES games. And I was like Jake the Snake Roberts, and he had like a two by four, and Hulk Hogan was on there. And that's yeah, I don't. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so Bruce Pritchard uh, has worked in the wrestling industry forever, but his uh, what he'd be known for like on the screen was he played. Uh, a character called Brother Love back in the, like, uh, I want to say, like, mid-80s to early 90s-ish. I don't know, something like that. So somebody will listen and correct me. Um, but, yeah, so, like, that was his on-screen persona, but he was always a behind-the-scenes guy, too, like a booker, creative guy, stuff like that. So 
it's his podcast that he does with like he just met and became friends with this guy who's a wrestling fan. They started doing the podcast together. It's actually it's a really damn good podcast. The one cool thing about wrestling podcasts uh, is they're just good, even if you don't give a shit about wrestling, because <laughs> it's just stories about ridiculous shit. Uh, so it's just, you just can't go wrong with them. But yeah, that's that's one I've been listening to for quite some time. And the only other one that always works its way back in round one football season is coming around is uh, I've been listening to ESPN Fantasy Focused Football since I started playing fantasy football, which was the same year the podcast started, coincidentally. So I've been listening to that for like nine years now. So that's, that's funny. You've, you've managed to find two things I have almost no interest in. <laughs> <laughs> and here, here we are in a uh, oddly specific uh Valiant Comics podcast. What about what about you, Jay? Yeah. Podcast you're uh, binging. There's one other that I listen to. It's not a nerdy legion. It's called the Comics Alternative. It this guy is actually one of the co-hosts lives here in the Dallas area where I'm, I am, and others I believe in North Carolina. Uh, they talk about alternative indie comics a lot, and they do some cool. really good interviews. I recently did an interview interviews with both uh, Matt Kent and Jeff Lemire. Oh, nice. They have, you know, they have some interesting different perspectives. And they they have, it's not only these two guys that host, they bring in other hosts to cover other things. Like they have, they do a manga, once a month a manga episode, and then a couple of other people do children's comics, and then they talk about European comics. I don't tend to listen to that as much. Outside of Nerdy Legion, that's probably the only thing I really listen to. So I'm, Yeah, I'm i got to subscribe to that one. What are you binging on? I'm, I'm pinching on a, a podcast that has the coolest name for a podcast ever, and it just, it fails to live up into the name constantly. It's a good podcast, but it's not, it's called Acts of the Blood God. Does that not sound like the coolest thing in the world? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a, unique. it's a, it's a, it's a video game podcast, uh, specific, um, to RPG games, uh, and not even just video games, like, they do, I, They've mentioned some of the tabletop stuff, and it's 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 primarily video games. But uh, yeah, it's I, I don't know. I just I get into the video game stuff. That's how I got into Valiant. That's that's my big big bread and butter as far as what I consume. So it's just I, you I got love into Valiant for video games. How's that work? Yeah. So I didn't I don't know if I didn't tell this story. I love telling the story because people are just baffled by it. So comics and me just had this weird like we just avoided each other somehow all throughout the '90s, and then. Uh, I think in the, in the early 2000s is really when I started getting my own, my own money. And I did, I did buy, <laughs> actually, this is, the first comic I ever bought with my own money was a graphic novel called Chasing Dogma. And it was a Jay and Silent Bob comic that took place between Chasing Amy and Dogma. You guys familiar with Jay and Silent Bob yeah. movies? Yeah, that was actually my first little foray into comics was because of Kevin Smith. But oh, we'll dude, that's a that out your story. <laughs> so that, that was great. Uh, and then half of the plot they recycled to, to turn into Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which just completely ruined that movie for me. Um, but I bought um, – Oh, come on. That movie doesn't even have half a plot. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, ima- you can imagine my disappointment when most of it was – had already taken place in this this this, uh, this graphic novel. Um, but I bought uh, – I bought a copy of the Shadow Man game, which really wasn't that great of a game, but it had a really, really cool story. It was the first time I remember there being, uh, I don't know, a, a, a big impact uh, or, or a game with a story having a real, really big impact on me. Um, 
and it it it's it's funny because it's better than a lot of the acclaimed Shadow Man stuff that came out. <laughs> and when I finally got a read around to reading some of those, I was like, oh man, this just doesn't even this doesn't even compare. But that was that was about the time I started Googling everything too. Anytime I came across something, I was like, I gotta Google this. I gotta see what's up and Wikipedia and whatever. And that's when I realized, like, oh okay, this was based on a comic book. That's cool. Oh okay, Turok. Yeah, that makes sense. I, the um. There, there was a comic book in the back of the instruction manual for the first Turok game, Nintendo 64. And that's when I realized, oh my god, this is this whole, this whole comic universe. But not only that, it was based on this other comic universe that happened in the 90s that I completely missed. <laughs> so I started, I went on eBay, dude, I started buying up lots, and I, I was just going through, um, I think I spoiled a lot of really good stuff for myself early on, just in the order that I read stuff, cause I was just like, okay, what is this? You know, <laughs> Unity, okay, whatever, read this, oh. Okay, you know, just all over the place. But yeah, that that pretty much that's pretty much what, what got me into it. As soon as I realized that that existed, I was like, man, I gotta I gotta go back and read this. And then of course, you know, 2012 came along, and they were like, Exo Man Award number one. The rest is pretty much history. So you jumped in like right when they relaunched, when you heard about Exo uh, coming out. Well, that was. I, I had been I, I'm still I'm still working on my VH1 and my my classic Valiant collection anyways, but I started buying those literally in in probably 2003 2004. That's that's how long I've been. Yeah. You know, and then at some point discovered you know OTV and I was listening to those guys and whatever. But it was it was a long period of just nothing. That that really honestly it was between acclaim just completely tanking and um you know 2012. It's a lot of and of course, the V fans website discovered that too. That was another thing that that really uh, really sucked me into the whole thing. This is a great community, man. It really is. Even even for you know guys like Chris from Calgary, just ruining yeah, everything know, for. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's such Chris. an interesting uh, cast of characters that Italian fans make up, and it's funny because like I, I I'm sick of the big group. It doesn't do anything for me anymore. Which is fine. Like I saw, I'm still in it, and every once in a while I'll see a post that I'll actually get in a little bit of a conversation. But a lot of times, like I'll tell guys if they're asking questions or something, like here, here's like a, the gist of what I have to say. But if you want more, just send me a message because I don't want to get in a big, you know, like argument with other people's opinions because I don't give a fuck what other people think, you know. I'm, <laughs> so if somebody wants my opinion, like I'll give them the gist of it, and if they want more, they can come and get it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. I mean, like, I, I may be kind of over that group for my own purposes, but like, I gotta respect the groups because like, I wouldn't be doing any of the stuff that I'm doing right now if, uh, if it wasn't for stumbling into the group and, uh, surviving through, uh, the first time that, uh, he who shall not be named almost, uh, ran me out of it because I was like, what the hell is going on in this group? Um, <laughs> uh, how old are you, Jeff? Uh, Christ Almighty, make me think about that. I just turned 32, and I'm not happy about it. Oh, oh you're don't even I start. Don't even start. I know, I know. I'm <laughs> sorry. But listen, at some point, you guys just turned 32, and you were probably fucking miserable about it, too. <laughs> I, I was ready to be old. When I finally hit 30, I was like, thank God I'm not in my fucking 20s anymore. I, I but, never uh, cared about getting older until I hit about 52, and that's only because things start hurting then, you know, it's like... Well, I'm not supposed to start hurting till till 52. I already started that shit. I'm proactive. Yeah. Well, that's because you fall downstairs a lot and shit. Uh, not a lot, just once, and that still hurts. Man, I fucked up my shoulders doing that, man. That's I'm uh, you're lucky I'll, I'll as hell. Move the wrong I need way. to fracture something. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like I fell straight. I didn't, like, dive head first. I just, my feet slid out from under me. And what hurt me the most was catching myself because it just, like, tensing up and then grabbing on, on like, the falling part didn't hurt me. It was the the, the muscle <laughs> shit, you know? But, uh, yeah, the, the day after that was kind of, especially the night after that was kind of rough. But anyways, uh, but yeah, so Jeff, you're about my age. So like you actually were getting into comics before I was, uh, I, I didn't touch anything in the nineties. I did not like comics as a kid at all. They didn't appeal to me. My cousin was into comics and I'd look at the comics that he had. I was like, how do you read this crap? Like the art was terrible. Uh, it's, it's, uh, the, the way they laid out the, you know, the, the word balloons and everything. Like, I just like, I didn't understand it. Like, why would anybody want to read this? Um, the art wasn't good enough then clear enough, clean enough, whatever to, and plus I was a kid. I mean, the stuff I was getting exposed to was, you know, the, the crappy stuff that my cousin who was three years older than I was liked. But, uh, yeah, so I, I didn't get into comics. And like I mentioned, it was when I got really into Kevin Smith's movies, <laughs> and it was right when he started writing Green Arrow, and Phil Hester was doing the art, and his covers were awesome. Um, but I started getting that when it was brand new coming out, and so I, I got the Daredevil stuff that he did, and uh, I got I started getting the uh, the View Askew Universe comics, you know, the the stuff that tied in with all the movies and stuff. Sure. Yeah, and then I got completely burnt out on Kevin Smith, and that was that was when I first used eBay. Actually, was uh, was to sell all my Kevin Smith comic books. Oh wow, that's it took right. me about it took me about three minutes to get burned out on Kevin Smith. I just <laughs> uh, you should have just discovered him in your uh, late teens, like like I well, did. Well, that may have been a different yeah. That's yeah, yeah you'd was... be like, this is great for like two years, and I'm like, think... okay, I'm more mature than he is now. I tried really to watch that right. show. Uh, was it Comic Book Men? I love that show, actually. I, I mean, oh, it's, that bores me to death. I mean, it's like it's you know, it's that's kind of why I like it. I mean, it's it's not the most amazing show. It's 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 nice to have a show that's just so basic. I mean, it's just like every other damn reality. There's a million reality shows like that. Here are these guys. They have quirky personalities and they buy and sell miscellaneous thing X. You know. In this case, it's comic books. They have it for everything else, for cars, for houses, for people that go to, you know, to junkyards, I mean, whatever, you know? So just for me, it's like, hey, this is a really, uh, you know, brain-dead show I can watch. <laughs> and then you get stuff like, uh, you know, Kevin's, uh, Kevin Eastman coming in with the original turtle drawing and stuff like that. So you get these little tidbits, and there's sometimes that are really cool. But, but, yeah, it's a pretty basic, dumb show, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's nice to have a basic dumb show that appeals to me. Right. You know what I find most fascinating about that is those two guys that he works with, they've been in, like, his circle, like, forever. Like, friggin', like, Walt Flanagan. There's references yeah. to Walt Flanagan's dog and friggin', you know, in Mallrats. Like, the guy's, the guy's just been around that whole thing and he just works in the, in the comic book store. Like, that's yeah. what they you do. Know like, they've they, actually, uh, they've done comics together too, right? No, I had no idea. Yeah, so first of all, Kevin Smith and Walt Flanagan did a couple. Uh, I only tried to read one, but they were fucking awful. These awful Batman trades. Oh, uh, the Widening Gyre was one, and I don't remember what the other one was called. But they just—I tried to read one, and it was just god awful. I mean, just absolutely, just—I don't know. If anybody likes that, tell me why you like it. And maybe I'll give it another try. But I—I I, 
I dipped my toes and jumped right out of that pool. Um, but then there's also uh, the all the guys from the shop. I think Walt Flanagan's doing the art, and then that uh, I don't remember his name, but the dude with the crazy beard. Um, he was writing it. They did a book called Cryptozoic Man that was published by Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And I read like one issue of that before. I was like, okay, that was interesting. Let's move on. <laughs> so that and no, that's... I guess, I guess, I guess now could be a good time to segue into uh, the fact that you pretty much outed me as a, a rank comic book amateur earlier, despite despite my 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 almost two decades of Valiant stuff. I didn't read <laughs> a whole lot of anything else. And this is the this two is de- the result. I have. Right now, I have a Marvel uni- uh, Marvel Unlimited subscription, which is great because there's so much stuff on there. I have that. Yeah. I was the kind of person that could bounce around. So I started with X-Men number one, and I got up to like 25, and I was like, oh. The original X-Men stuff? Yeah. Sean was Jump telling up. me, he's like, dude, he's like, read this one, skip ahead to nine, read that one, go over here, and no, then no, he's no. like, you can cut right to Giant Size X-Men number one. Just go to Giant Size X Men. I haven't. I actually. I have a trade of that early stuff, but I haven't read it yet. But I got. Um. I've always like X Men was Batman and X Men basically were the first two things I really got into when I got into you know superhero comics. And uh, recently, the comic shop I go to out here, when he gets like when he buys a collection from somebody and there's a bunch of crap in it that he doesn't care about, like he throws it in a bin for super cheap because he just wants to move it. He it doesn't have a lot of space. So I got four um, of the essential X-Men trades that they're like, they're just black and white, cheaply printed, um, but they were only four bucks each. And each one is like 25 comics. And it started with giant size. And the cool thing was starting with giant size is uh, they're introducing a new team, but you know, whatever you're fit, you know, like you're probably familiar with the X-Men from like the, uh, the movies, maybe the nineties the cartoon, you know, um, so Giant Size X-Men introduces Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, and a couple other characters. So you're getting, like, the origins of all these characters right off the bat. So, like, that was like, ooh, cool. There's, like, a lot of cool stuff going on, you know? So I would say if you want to dive into X-Men, just jump up to Giant Size and go from there. Like, go back to the, the older stuff, like, after you, like, are really hooked, you know? Yeah. But that's where I am. Like I, I'm, I'm only like I started with Giant Size and then issue 94, and I'm on issue like, I want to say I'm in the 140s now because I've read two of those essential collections. Um, but I'm digging it. Like I, I'm really digging the X Men from that. So I actually started uh, dabbling in collecting Uncanny X Men issues, um, which so far everything I have except for one is like just cheap stuff. But still, that works. It's you fun. It's fun to have something cheap to hunt. I'm using yeah. Marvel Unlimited to read uh, Frank Miller's runs on Daredevil. Late oh man, uh, Frank Frank Miller Daredevil is good. I just reread uh, Born Again, which I sent to you, Jay. Um, right. I haven't and got into that yet. Yeah, that's that's just good stuff. Um, Frank Miller's one of those guys that like you know the name. Uh, you know, I mean, he's like a, a legendary name in comics, but then you read a lot of the stuff that he's done, and you're like, why the hell is this guy a legend? But then you read the right stuff, and you know why he's a legend. Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody's going to start somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just read, uh, not too long ago, I read Ronin, which I've always wanted to read because it's an influence on uh, the creation of the Ninja Turtles, and that's, like, I'm a huge Ninja Turtle fan, and man, Ronin was rough. Oh, man, I just... 
I, it's it's one of those things I got, I got done. I'm like I didn't regret reading it, but I was glad it was over, and I will never read it again. I'm glad I didn't buy a physical copy for like a good amount of money, and I bought it on sale on Comixology for like six bucks. What about Sin City? Have you tried that? I've read some Sin City. I read that. So I've had like three phases of getting into comics. The first was the Kevin Smith phase, which was the shortest lived. And then the second time I started reading comics, I was really heavy into reading literature. Um, like my wife and I were um, – and my, my wife is a huge reader too. She always has been. And plus she's a natural speed reader, so she's disgusting and she'll – blow through like a, a thousand page novel in a couple of few days and it would take me like I would have to try my hardest and it would take me a couple of weeks to get through it you know and she would just fly through it um, that was back before we had a kid too so now just fuck everything but uh, <laughs> uh, so I was really into literature and uh, Time Magazine had a list of the 100 best novels of the 20th century and Watchmen was on it Watchmen's comic book and I was like I don't want to read a comic book I don't want to read it comic book so finally my wife was like hey let's read this so we got it and we both read it and i liked it and uh so i was like i kind of want to read something else but i did not want to read superhero stuff so i ended up reading sandman and i really love sandman that's just Ah. one of my favorite things of all time um but it was around that time that and then uh you know I got into the the Sin City stuff. The movie came out, you know, all that stuff. And so I don't know, like, if I read it again now, if I would like it or hate it, because there's a lot of stuff that I read before that now I look back on, I'm like, that was shitty. I just didn't know better. Have you read The Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller? Yes. That was that's like that came out in '86 and '87 too. That that those two years, you know, The Watchmen and Return of the Dark, or you know, Dark Knight Returns. You know, those two things changed comics significantly. Uh, they yeah. really started moving away from kind of being, you know, still kind of campy. Some of it was, you know, serious, but it, it, they really started, that's what really started comics, started exploring a lot of dark issues because, you know, Watchmen is, <laughs> you know, it's not a, you know, that's a book that's very critical of, of the whole superhero genre and it's showing the superheroes in a negative light. Between Alan Moore, and Frank Miller on those two books, it was a big turn. Alan Moore is another one, too, that if you just go like, oh, Alan Moore's a legend. Oh, his name's on this. I'll read it. There's like 50-50 chance that it'll be terrible. Because <laughs> he did some crazy stuff. Yeah, and he still does. I mean, and what's funny about him is he writes something, and then once it becomes popular, he distances from it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, He did it with Watchmen, especially when it became popular and they started putting out these sequels and then when the movie the film came out he's like he just won't have anything in fact he didn't even allow his name to be put on the movie credits because he's I'm he's, looking I'm looking at all my comic book movies based on comic books I've never read and that's that's one of them and I got the longest version of that movie there is if there was a longer one I would I would buy it <laughs> I love that, that was, I got to try watching it again I only watched it once and it was I, it wasn't long after I read Watchmen, I don't think. So I, I watched. I was like, "Fuck this!" Uh, I, I got to give it another shot, though. Uh, I think it's. I think yeah. it's a good adaptation. Uh, very, it's yeah, funny, I'm, I'm more. Like, it was like the last movies now that I was done. It was the last DC movie, the first and the last DC movie that Zack Snyder directed that critics seemed to like. Nothing but bashed on everything since. So. <laughs> It's got it's got probably one of the greatest opening sequences, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, it seen. does. It does. 
Uh, now I'm all excited. I gotta go get this movie. This sounds interesting. Do, and get the, get the ultimate cut that has all the, the cartoon stuff from the Black Freighter that has nothing to do with anything in there. Just, just, just really just dive into it, dude. It's like a two and a half like hour probably get it for like five bucks now. I'll go for it. Uh, they just actually, you know what? They just, they just reprinted the ultimate cut. This, now we're talking about something I actually happen to know about. Look at that. Uh, with a <laughs> copy of the, uh, a copy of the whole graphic novel in it too. The original didn't have that. Um, it had like a like a motion comic, and that that actually might come with it too. I don't know, man. I love that. I haven't I haven't touched those books though. So as far as the Marvel stuff, I, I got the whole unlimited thing. Can you guys give me like one or two things that I could start reading? Because here's the thing: I started with X Men number one. Maybe I'll go to Giant Size. I should. The only other jumping around I've done is I tried to read one of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, number ones. I think it was from like, Christ, I don't even know. Cause I love those movies. I can talk about those movies. Um, and I read a couple of Colossus side stories. There was one that was a one off that was actually done by Trevor Harrison, who did all, all the Divinity stuff, which is really, really, yeah. really funny because I read that just at the end of Divinity 3 and I was just waiting for Divinity show up because it's Trevor Harrison and it's Russia. And <laughs> that was an awesome one. And then there was, uh, I think like a five issue mini called bloodlines or something like that which is just meh um you yeah, give, give me a couple marvel things that i can i can poke my nose into that's not going to completely open. yeah so a, a couple that are pretty much self-contained stories uh that you know you don't have to know anything and there there's there can be stuff coming before or after but that doesn't really matter uh read planet hulk okay. um i read that i've never read hulk before um didn't matter like it was just it was a, a fun read when you read it it's a lot like the movie gladiator it's like it's that type of story it's not like it's a completely new concept but it's a it's a fun read and then read uh read the original old man logan they've like they have the newer old man logan series that jeff lemire is doing that's good too but just go back and read the original old man logan which i think uh is mark millar uh was the, the writer of that one so yeah so just make sure it's mark millar uh, and I'll, I'll i could double check that and make sure later too but uh just just yeah, not the jeff lemire one yeah and the jeff lemire one's good too actually i, I read uh, a handful of issues recently and then got sidetracked onto something else because i just have like too many things going at one time to read um but it, i was enjoying it too it's just it that would be more confusing because it's like it's taking the logan from old man and logan and injecting him like back in the current time. So like I, I don't know exactly what's going on in Marvel continuity right now, but like Logan is dead, Wolverine was killed, but old man Logan is here. And I think it's like an alternate universe Logan. Is it the old man Logan that's that's like in present day? I don't know. It's that's where for Marvel the continuity gets confusing and that's why sometimes you just like, you don't you don't you don't try to pin everything down, you just go like that. But um but yeah, those two things are, are good stories. There's a lot of stuff like that that's really good solid stories. Like Jay was saying, the uh um the Miller Daredevil stuff is really good. Uh I like Daredevil a lot. That stuff's really good. Um do you have any characters that you like that stand out to you? I, yeah, I, I really like Colossus for some reason, and I think I read all the stuff that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that there's a, I, I think that there's a Magneto mini too, which I'll probably dip into at some point. No, I mean, I, I see, I don't know this. I, I know that there's been so many like reboots and rehashes and stuff like that, and I've been, I've really just been, I've actually, I was just 
breezing through all the deleted scenes on the Thor uh, Blu-ray <laughs> right before I got on with you guys because I'm, I'm good with the movies. I'm actually I'm going I'm building up my collection on that. I think uh, Guardians of the Galaxy got me me started on that, but that's another one. I, I there's like four different things that I can click on when I search it in Marvel Unlimited because they stop them and restart them and whatever. And one of them, it, you know, it was a number one issue, but there's like. Star Lord's a chick, and then the thing is part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, it can get confusing. Um, if you well, like another Thor, too, uh, uh, Thor: God of Thunder by Jason Aaron. That's the the beginning of like his run on Thor that's still going. It's the title has changed, but it's still been Jason Aaron doing Thor through these different iterations. But Thor: God of Thunder was the first Thor that Jason Aaron did, and I absolutely love the first two arcs of that and it's still i mean it's still very good after that but the first two arcs i loved i didn't i didn't care about thor and i started reading it uh, i don't even know why the hell i started reading it uh but i picked it up and just loved it so that's another good one to pick up the uh run is from i think it was from two or three years ago hawkeye the, the run written by matt fraction oh yeah david Iger. i love that that's a good. That's Sorry, right. everything you guys say, I'm opening up a tab on my computer. So, uh, <laughs> so another thing I liked, and I know Martin liked it. I don't think I don't think cared for it. Paul was uh, the the most recent run of uh, Moon Knight. It was written by Lemire. I thought it was really well done. And not all it, of that. Okay, I not, I want to. That's not all. That's going to be. I guess it's done now, right? Uh, fourteen, I think. I think he's got one more. I think well, issue, issue fourteen is going to be yeah. the last one, and it's either. Just come out or about to come out. And of course, I'll give that another shot when it's all done. Because here was my thing with it: is you get through the first arc of that, and it's it's crazy madness. You don't know what the hell is going on, and then you get to the end of the first arc, and it it flips the story, and right. and so you're just back to square one of not knowing what the hell is going on. I don't have a problem with that necessarily, but I didn't like where we were dropped in that. Like I didn't like the 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 protagonist that we had to be connected to all of a sudden, um, so it's like I, I need to be able to just pound through the part I don't like at that point, you know, because it's not necessarily that it's a bad part of the story. It's just I don't want to have to wait month after month to find out what the hell's going on in that part, you know. Well, and, and that's the other thing. Talking about if you're talking about unlimited, it's since it's a current series, it's not all out on unlimited yet. Because there's about mm-hmm. a, they only put things in six, months, six lag. months or so, yeah. So the first four or five, maybe six issues are out on Unlimited now. They don't have anything else yet, so. Yeah. See, that's one thing with using Unlimited is, uh, like, at least for my, my taste on it, is, uh, wait till something's run its course before you start reading it. Cause yeah. that way by the time you get through, like, you'll be able to keep going on it. Because if you're reading it on Unlimited, you're not going to want to, oh, let's wait till next month, and then the next one will come out. I did that with a couple of titles, and I just I kept on losing track. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff, and it's so oddly um, curated, too. Like, you can't, ju- you, know, you can't just go to P for Punisher. you got to look for, like, what the actual title is. Yeah. You know, if it, if it starts with a T or if it's what I just, well, Yeah, it took a while to trace down that Frank Miller Daredevil, because... I think the way they had it broken down on the you know the glossary for Daredevil, it's like Daredevil year, years, you know, year breakdown, and it was like 60, yeah. 1964 to nineteen eighty eight. Then I'm like, what the hell? And yeah. I had, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the contiguous run of it. Um, so yeah, to, Mar- it took, Marvel a, it took about ten minutes like for me three... to trace down where where the Frank Miller stuff started. So I was like, 
there are things on there that make it more like new reader friendly. If you go to the, I can't remember exactly, but there's like a, a discover tab on there, and there, there's a couple of tabs like that on there, like uh, where you could just go and like look. You know, like if you go to the discover tab, it'll be like check this out, and you just jump in and dive into it. Um, those things make it a little bit more friendly for newer readers. Otherwise, you do have to pin down, like, you know, what run, what issue am, am, am I looking to start on with different things. Well, that's what I had to um, do. I was like, okay, I'll go back and find out what issue numbers were for Miller. And then, because, yeah, it would have taken me a long time to just flip through that until I found it. Because I, yeah. I knew it was in that 64 to 88 range. I was like, oh, that's a lot of books. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> start from the beginning, Jay. You'll catch up. Right. I briefly <laughs> entertained the idea of. Reading, uh, reading the Maximum Carnage event from the mid '90s, which uh, I, the only other, I think the only other person I mentioned that to didn't speak very highly of it. But uh, that again, going back to the old video game, the old uh, Maximum Carnage game on uh, Sega Genesis that I, I played, which is awesome. There's a, a really gnarly looking collector's edition of that available. Uh, that was available through like QVC or something like that of the home shopping network. Where you can still find on eBay every once in a while for several hundred dollars. It came with the game and the, the like a hard copy of the graphic novel, hardcover graphic novel. But that's all scattered. You, you can't just go in and, and find that. You get because you know because it's all individual issues and I just no no no. <laughs> Speak, speaking what? of Logan, did you guys did did you guys talk about Logan yet? Did you guys see Logan? Is everybody happy with Logan? I am not. Seen Have it. you seen it, Jay? No, I oh. I see very few films. I really do. Yes, yeah, I I almost never get to go to the theater. Um, I actually did see Guardians too, and I loved it. Wasn't it um, awesome? Oh yeah, I loved it. And so here's what I was saying earlier too. Like where before I was more judgmental with movies. I don't have much time now. I don't get to watch many movies. Um, my wife is super particular about movies. Like, it's not that it has to be the greatest movie in the world, but like, she has to be entertained by it, and uh, she has to be able to like do whatever the hell she wants while watching it. So like, going to the theater like is not an easy experience with her. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, I was like, I so I go into a movie now. It's like I go in just I want to enjoy it. It, you know, it doesn't even have to be the greatest thing. I just like, if I'm going to watch it, I want to enjoy it. Uh, so I just spur of the moment was able to go see Guardians 2 and it was just, it was, it was a ball to be able to go see it. It was a very fun movie. Logan, I really wanted to see in the theater, but there was just too much going on and I wasn't able to. And so I was dying for it to come out on DVD, uh, or Blu-ray. Um, and I had, uh, traded in some stuff at Bull Moose Music, which is a, like a small local chain out here. And so I had enough credit there to get it. So the day it came out, I happened to be close enough to one. And I swung by and I picked it up. And it took me like three sittings to watch it. Uh, because Ooh. once again, I don't have much time, but I loved it. I loved it. I just think it was uh, exactly like, that's what you want to get in a movie featuring Wolverine. And, uh, I know, Jeff, you and I were talking a little bit about the crappy Wolverine movies that came out before. I only watched the first one so far. I haven't watched the second one yet, but God, those well, were awful. That's kind of what I heard people say. So, it's like, oh, this is the best Wolverine movie ever, but that's it didn't take much to get to that point. Really. 
Yeah. It was the tra- it was the trailer for Logan. It was the Red Man trailer for Logan that sold me on getting the X Men collection and watching all of these movies because I had only seen like ninety five percent of the first one and beyond that just wouldn't have even given him a second thought. Um, and in the three sets of movies, you know, the first three, whatever, the second one was the best. I I, I think. Uh, same with the the second set that came out with the uh you know with the older not the older cast but the the sort of uh, uh, further back in time yeah um, I think the same class, thing I think past, all that yeah I think Days of Future Past was was better but um yeah that uh, the the Wolverine if you count those as a as a trilogy those those definitely go completely in the opposite <laughs> direction because the third one was awesome and the first one was just terrible when you when you get around to watching the Wolverine I it's it's not bad it's not offensive it's it's good it's i mean you know he's he's completely away from really anything else that's that's in that cinematic universe there's, there's not really much of any of the other characters in it from what i remember of course i i got another extended version of it too cuz i'm i'm all about the 3D blu-rays now too um that i i haven't watched yet but it's 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 not offensive i i don't think i know some people were kind of butthurt about the way they portrayed the Silver Samurai, but hey, that's a character that I'm completely unfamiliar with, so whatever. Yeah. Doesn't bother me. But yeah, that even um even 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 Gambit in Origins, man, that was a big thing in Deadpool. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh god, was... Deadpool is the worst. Oh. It, it, the funniest part is just that it was Ryan Reynolds playing that Deadpool and then he played Deadpool in the movie that was actually a good Deadpool movie. And he's he's even got the little action figure of the bad Deadpool. In the new Deadpool movie, did you catch that was a nice little Easter egg when he's yeah. What did he play the Green Lantern in that awful Green Lantern movie? Right, he did. Yeah, <laughs> I don't man. See now DC that we may as well be speaking Japanese because I'm 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 even more removed and unfamiliar with with all that stuff. I don't think I've seen any DC movies to be honest with you. Like maybe the old eighty Supermans, but that's that's probably about it. And Watchmen, if you want to count on that. Oh yeah, Watchmen certainly counts. So, uh, so I don't get yelled at too much for how little we talk about uh, Valiant on <laughs> the podcast. So the the one little tidbit of news uh, that we have to talk about um, that was interesting, and Jeff, you brought this up too. So Secret Weapons is doing something kind of interesting with uh, with the number one issue. Jeff, you want to tell us about that? Uh. Yeah, I you know what I just had the thing up and now I don't have it, but they're doing a, a secret edition, a secret special edition, something to that effect, where a limited run of the number one issues are going to have some kind of uh, extra content. But they're not very particular about what that content is going to be, and it doesn't seem it's going to be any sort of obvious differences. Um, it's on the cover, makes, right? Is, or, is it, or is it interior as well? I. See, I think it might have been in the interior. Let's see. Uh, secret Weapons, number one, Secret Edition. Top Secret, Cloaked in Secrecy, Special Edition. Because those aren't the same thing. Uh, special Edition of the Summer's Hotly Attended. Blah, 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 blah. Yep, yep. He wrote a movie. We get it. Okay, Sony. Yep, Bloodshot movie coming at some point in the next two millenniums. Uh, da, 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 da. That's, that's, that's Indistinguishable. Uh, randomly inserted into the print run of Secret Weapons number one's A cover by interior artist Raul Allen. The Secret Weapons number one secret edition is English, indistinguishable from the A cover except for subtle differences that will not be revealed officially. So I'm reading that is is that stuff inside. There's some hints to some big thing that's that's coming up uh, in the future in in Valiant. I'm kind of kind of iffy about this one. So I don't 
you mentioned that to me that you wanted the opportunity to bitch about it. First of all, my my impulse with uh, with all of these kind of I don't know gimmicky things that they do is like whatever it's it's a it's a gimmick. You know what I mean? And if you do, if you don't care about the gimmick, what does it matter? If you don't want the gimmick, what does it matter? The only people that like have like I don't know I guess have any right to bitch about it is, some, is are the completest collectors that like have to get everything. They're like, well, one more thing we have to figure out how to get, you know. But so, I mean, if you're a collector like that, that's what you collect. Uh, that's like your bread and butter. If you're a collector, is finding that shit. So, I, I really like this type of thing. I do not get people complaining about it. Um, but what, what's your point of view with it? That's that's you know, it's always easy to say that from your own point of view. But what's your point of view? So for for me, it's it's a matter of the content. And again, this this kind of description, this news release that we got is is a little bit vague as to what this book is actually going to contain. That's different. Um, a lot of people were kind of iffy about the whole Legends of the Geomancer thing. That was available. You know, you had to lean on your LCS to order them, and you know, tell them about, about the incentives and whatever. Uh, but, but you could get your hands on it, I, I guess, relatively easy enough. And I guess this won't be any any difference. Uh, any different depending on what the actual print run or what the ratio is uh, of this this secret edition but you know I, I knew well, I mean my LCS hooked me up but if they didn't uh, you know I knew that you know at some point I'd be able to go on eBay and get Legends of the Geomancer no problem I could get it um, if I wanted it you know it, it, it's it's exclusive content uh, same with the stuff that came out in the Exo Men War uh, pre-order bundles. You know, if I wanted it, I could get it. All I had to do was order those. This just seems to be a little bit more—I uh, I don't know. I feel like it might be a little bit more of a pain to track down. Well, because if I'm understanding what that says, they're not. There's not going to be any distinguishing other than the changing the art. I mean, the barcode will be the same. Yeah, like, what I, I think so it's, it's like, going to be. It's like it's not like a, it's not like an LCS could order those. Yeah, right. it's going to be like little nuanced hints at something, but it's not like it's going to have like a bonus chapter in the back of the comic book or something. It's just going to be like these little subtle things that hint at something. And honestly, like if all you care about is getting the, the story content, as soon as like people figure out what it is, it's going to be all over the place. It's not like they're going to hide what, you know, what there is to find out. It's just it's sort of like adding a little scavenger hunt to to it, you know. I mean, so if if you get this cover and figure out that you have this cover that's the has the secret stuff in it, you'll have something cool. It kind of makes me think about, uh, and I, I know people love this. I've actually had a listener request for me to talk more about baseball cards. Um, but I'm going to talk about football cards because I don't collect baseball cards and never have. <laughs> uh, well, not since I was a kid. But uh, so when I collected football cards, uh, the the one set that I like getting the best, uh, like the featured part of this set was that it had uh, autograph rookie cards in it. And it had some uh, like scarcer uh, versions of the cards. And different years it was different, but like I remember the first year I got it, you didn't know if you had the the rare version of the were minute differences in the image. They would literally do stuff like uh, edit off uh, an armband out of the picture or edit off a little piece of logo. I mean, like little minute things like that. Hmm. So, and that was the difference between it being a card that there was, you know, 
a thousand printed or a card that there was 200 printed. So when, uh, when I got the, you know, the first year I bought this, uh, the one card that stood out to me is I got a, a Ryan Mallet rookie card. Uh, you know, he was a, a Patriots rookie quarterback and I sold that card on eBay for like a hundred bucks and it Turned out it was not the scarcer version of the card and probably wasn't worth nearly what I got for it, but you didn't know, you know, so people that are hunting it down are just trying to grab up what they can grab up, you know? Right. And, you know, with the comic book, it's not going to be like that where people are going to be like, oh, this is the scarce one. I'm going to pay 50 bucks for it. You know, I mean, when people figure out what one is the, the, you know, the variant version of the A cover, It'll be like, oh, cool. You know, I, I have this thing that might eventually be worth something. Maybe right. What'll probably happen. I mean, if you see what happens on eBay with stuff like this is like right off the bat, it, it has like the highest value. Oh, yeah. And then it plummets and then it kind of <laughs> settles down a little bit, you know? Uh, that's the thing I'm curious about on this. Is, is it actually going to have a different barcode number? Because variants do. They, they tweak that second number of the, of the last four digits of the barcode for variants, or is this going to be just completely... Yeah, that's what it, I'm just saying, if they didn't, if they made the changes but kept the same barcode, that's that's pretty interesting because it's not it's a lot harder to track down yeah, because you can't you just can't look at the barcode and say, ah, yeah, here's the variant number. you got to actually figure out what the differences are. I don't know. I don't know how they're doing it. I'm just kind of just spitballing. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of it is kind of interesting. I think that's why this kind of interests me is it's it's something a little bit different. It's not just like here's a a one in whatever variant that you mm-hmm. can go out and purchase. It's it's just a tweaked A cover. Um, well, does see, that make it, just, it a? Is it just the cover? Because I, I I thought because the way it reads it says something about inserted into the the A cover. So I think the cover will be the same. I think that there's there's. Something in the actual pages is going to be slightly different. Well, it, I guess it depends on how you tr- interpret that. Inserted right? into the See, cover means thing. it could be right. actually ch- in change. I was reading it. To me, it looks like it. I read it as it's going to be slightly some changes in the cover itself. Tweaked. Yes, yeah, this wrong. is what I, I read know. too. Is inserted into the cover is kind of how I read it. But I, I get what you're saying. It could be either way, just like Jay said, depending on how you interpret it. Um, I think I'd be better off if I really. <laughs> If it was a little more clear what it was, I, really yeah. all I'm saying is I don't I don't I don't care about the covers. I, I and I was telling Jay earlier about this too. I, I stopped with the whole collecting thing. I'm I'm doing one of every A cover. That's it. And then I'm I'm okay ordering the pre-order editions because there's a little bit of extra content in this. I don't I don't want to miss anything that's that's in the pages. That's additional. You see what I'm saying? So even yeah. if it's, even if it's just a little, you know, they drew this this guy in this panel and he's in this version of it and not the other one. Then I want to have a copy of that. That's all. And I don't, I don't want to have to figure it out later down the line. Really, that's just me being lazy. You're kind of selling me on it though, because you know what? If, if it, if it does create a little bit of excitement, we get some, some posts in the group about, oh, hey, did you guys see, you know, is this, this panel is different than that one. Oh, okay. Yeah. And we, you know, we get a good, and, and as a group of people, we're, we're enjoying it. Then, yeah, you know what? That's, that's fine. I, and I don't have a problem with them doing, doing gimmicks. I know a lot of people are, are uppity about gimmicks, but dude, whatever it is, it gets, there, there's really no such thing as bad publicity at this point. People want to make inappropriate comments about Faith like they did, you know, a year and a half ago when she launches. Whatever, dude. They're saying her name. You know, people want to wake about the, uh, the, the Renegade 5 cover coming up, which, which really is a throwback to one of the old Eternal Warrior covers with the, you know, the graphic on, dude, whatever. You know? It's selling, it sells books. They wouldn't be doing it if it didn't. 
I just don't want to, yeah. I just don't want to miss any actual content inside the pages of the book. Don't care about the covers. You know, and if that's what this is, then I'm kind of meh on it, but. Yeah, and what I see this, so, so what is, you know, what they told us, what does this mean? This, like, to me, I look at this and I say that this means that people are going to be getting that, because it's just the first issue, right? Right. So people are going to get that first issue, and they're going to scour that book. They're going to, like, they're going to be paying attention. They're going to be reading deeply. They're going to be looking at every little detail. How how do people read comic books nowadays? Like, I mean, most comic books, like, you can fly through a comic book in five minutes. I mean, it, it you know, comic like books, they're not deep reading, you know, and most people just fly through stuff. I mean, you know, Jay, you don't, like, I don't. I take my time with it. But, I mean, how many people do we know that get, like, 80 freaking comic books a month Oof. <laughs> shit well, like that like seriously well, my Jay, how many 80 a week i think or more <sighs> yeah uh, he's just an anomaly like <laughs> with him it makes sense but jay how many comic books do you get each week <sighs> well see i order dbs monthly but i would say well how many do you get a month that's fine i'm trying to think uh, 16 18 something like that wow. yeah so you get 16 or 18 i get like five I, I don't get many monthly comic books right now. Although I also I get the the digital previews of Valiant, and I'm gonna start getting Valiant in trade instead of in, in floppies. But and then Jeff, you know, you already said like you're just getting Valiant, and you're just starting to dig into other stuff. But like that's all you're getting right now. So some people like there are a lot of people that we know that get like 80 comic books a month, like no joke. And that's not even Mike Myers level. That's 20 comic books a week. Who has? That's three comic books a day. Every single day you have to read. Like, you know, most people just, they fly through comic books. And, you know, especially if they're, you know, if you get 80 comic books, you might have a few that you're like, I am going to take my time and savor this comic <laughs> book, you know? Well, that's kind but of the way I approach that, it. That's, it's like a bell curve, right? Like, you're going to have a few that are like, I'm going to take my time with this. And then the majority of them are going to be like, I'm going to read this at a pretty brisk pace. And there are going to be a few like, I don't know why I get this shit, but I do. And I'm just going to turn the page as quick as I can. So with Secret Weapons, it's it's new. Uh, it's a new writer. Uh, yeah, I mean, Livewire is the only character in it, at, at the beginning at least, that uh, that is an established Valiant character. Um, and as much as a lot of people love Livewire, she's not a big name in Valiant characters either. You know, I mean, she's... I'd say she's like the, like the next level of name. Like the people who are in the known Valiant are like, yeah, Livewire is the shit. I want more. But like a casual reader is like, oh yeah, I, I know the name Livewire, you know. So with Livewire being like the most prominent name in this, you know, it for them to do something that's going to make people slow down with this book and like read it and pay attention and dig into it. And I read the first issue um, and I loved it. Uh, I thought it was really good. But, you know, I mean, how, how many people are going to take the time with it, you know? So I, I think that them doing this is really to get people – if you look at all the different things Valiant has done, it's had different ways that it's attracted attention. You know, you go back to the uh, the Book of Death and the Legends of the Geomancer. That got a shitload of books on the shelf. Mm. Pissed a lot of people off, but you know what? <laughs> we're pissed off about it. We're talking about it like crazy. Uh, it got a lot of extra books on comic book shelves, or on uh, in on store shelves, you know. 
comic book stores. And I like I don't care what negative things people say because you know what the people that say the negative things about that gimmick they're not wrong you know by no means are they wrong about it but you know I I was going into the comic book shop I was going into at the time that that happened and I was looking at the comics on the shelf and and I would see like okay this title has like almost nothing to the pile. But then you get to shit like, uh, the hell was the Marvel thing? Like Original Sin or something like that. And it was this massive pile of books stuck out from all the rest of the books. And I saw that, I re- like, I really realized, and this is before the Geomancer thing happened, but I was like, if you have a big stack of books, that catches people's attention. Sure. You know? And I don't care how many people, like, you know, the sell-through numbers, whatever, like, everything that people say that's a negative to it, whatever, like, they're not wrong. But I know that a big stack of books catches people's attention. So that was the Geomancer thing. They wanted a big stack of fucking Geomancer, or not Geomancer, but a book of death books in the store. And you know what? The covers were fucking awesome, too. So they're doing, like, all these things to catch people's attention. You know, what have they done since then? I mean, the you know, people complain about the polybagging the XO books. Okay, polybagging goes back a long ways. Like, everybody has done that shit at some time. And it was polybagged because you were getting a bonus that didn't cost you any extras. What the hell are you complaining about? You know, and, and the people that want to come, like, the only, like, valid-ish complaint is I want to see the condition of the comic book because, like, I care about that. Well, you know, if you're the kind of collector that's trying to land 9.8s, whatever, buy a bunch of copies. I don't give a shit. Just, like, <laughs> that, that's your shit. You know what you have to do for it, so fucking do it. Don't complain about it. Well, so, a fanboy, I don't know, it's, I don't know if it seems to be in the nature, but I, I've lived with it, you know, all my life. You know, fanboys complain about anything. Right? And I made the joke to somebody one time, it's like, it seems like a lot of people are, they're like, if you handed them a hundred dollar bill, they'd complain that, he, that it wasn't five twenties. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. kind of how people are sometimes. I mean, it's like, you're, you're giving them extra content, but there's, we gotta find something to complain about. Yeah. People, people like to, I, I don't know. It, it, it's a weird thing. I don't even think it's exclusive to comic books, to be honest. Oh, well, with it's you. not. It's, it's just that's, that's the no. world I live in, so I see it. Yeah. I think, a, I think a lot of, a lot of what we would consider to be, you know, nerd or, or geek culture, there's, there's a lot of little pockets of people that just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's so easy for people to draw a line in the sand over anything. And, and, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that, Jesus, that, that concept in and of itself could be applied to just about every interaction I have on a daily basis. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, these, these, these things especially, man, it, it, it gets real easy. Uh, it, it, it really, really, it can get nasty quick, you know, but, um, yeah. I'll tell you what, they're, they're pushing this book in a lot of different ways and I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I've had that review copy now for a while and I haven't touched it because I'm not going to do it until, until it's, it's, it's VCR time and it's time to do it. But, you know, Ryle Allen's art on, uh, Eternal Warrior was that was probably one of the first times I really read a comic book slow, and it it reads really fast because there's not a whole lot of dialogue in it, especially those first couple of issues. But man, you talk about the idea of visual storytelling, of of you know saying something with pictures. That was that was really really good stuff. And then of course the uh, the the writer there. And his his you know whole big thing with the movie and 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 whatever this this could be a big book for him I'm I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, see, I think this is a book that in in retrospect could be a lot bigger than it seems looking forward to it. You know, 
Um, I mean, they're, they're obviously putting a lot of emphasis on it, but uh, you know, I, I like the comment that you made about drawing a line in the sand and people draw a line in the sand for everything. And um, I think that on an individual personal basis, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I think it's a good thing to draw a line in the sand personally with stuff. Um, I, I think that, you know, that's one of the, one thing I'm a big proponent of is if you, uh, if you don't like a book, like just cut it loose, get rid of it. Because like I said, we know a lot of people that get way too many comics and we know, like, I know so many people that they get like 80 comics a month and they hate 20 of them, you know? <laughs> um, and like, so I'm a, I'm a big proponent of if you don't like it, don't buy it. Because you know what? If, if you change your mind later and have to go back, it's not going to hurt you that much. And in the long run, you're going to end up saving money because you're going to drop more stuff that you legitimately hate than stuff that you regret dropping. But, uh, you know, drawing the line in the sand personally is a good thing. And having private conversations about that can be good because it helps you figure out where you're at with stuff. The problem is uh, that social media just is ruining the world. And with social <laughs> media, everybody can just like – have you guys seen the movie Braveheart? Yeah. Yeah, gosh, yeah, it's going back a ways, but like everybody's seen that movie, you know, you know the part where they're like they're going like into the big battle and they all like lift their kilts and flash their asses? Um that's what everybody does on social media. They're like, this is my line in the sand. Now look at this. Um, well, you, know, in, you know, in a big group context, it's like, just shut the fuck up about your personal opinion. Like so many times people will talk out of their ass. And then when they get called out on it, they get all teary and they're like, well, that's just my opinion. Well, yeah, oh. but you said it in a, a public group of fans of the thing that you're shit talking. So either be prepared for everybody to disagree with you, or shut your mouth. You know, and well, to me, it's not the same as them giving them their opinions. It's the way they do it. It's like this is my opinion. Exactly. And if you don't agree, then then you're an you know, you're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> and, no, they, you know, they're just they're passionate. Well, that's Paul. They're, they're passionate. That's that's my favorite excuse. I'm just I'm just passionate about it. Dude. You know, passion and freaking mental yeah. illness are two completely different things. <laughs> right? I mean, it sounds like insecurity that if you can't, you know, if, if you can't stand somebody having an opposite opinion of yours, why does that feel like? Yeah. Why do people accept that like it's an attack on? Yeah, on you? it's like it's not. It's like I don't you agree. Have to, that's that's the only. I way go. That you're ever gonna challenge yourself? I mean, even even just now, even just having this conversation, you've made me feel a little bit better about secret weapons. Number one, having a secret variant because you told me what you like about it. And I was I was open to that because it's a conversation, not just like you said. I'm not just lifting my kilt and <laughs> flashing my. <laughs> I think we have a title for the I was, podcast. I was about to say that. I think you've got your title for the lifting your kilt, flashing your ass. That's the, the title <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, and, and you know, and you just hit the nail on the head. Is is you know when you're having these conversations, it's about listening to what what the other person has to say. And I have no problem listening to, you know, Chris is a good example. Um, you know, we, we, well, I don't know how much Jay knows Chris, but like, I love Chris, you love Chris. Chris is a very strong personality and I love Chris and Chris has rubbed me the wrong way at times. And usually I give it back to him. So I rub him the wrong way also. Um, but we always get over it because you know what? Chris and I are buddies, you know, like he is with a lot of people. He has a very strong particular opinion. Um, but the thing with Chris is, is, uh, 
you know, if you listen to his to his opinion, it just gives you a different perspective on it. And uh, yeah, there are always going to be people like that, but it's it's about how you have the conversation. And you know, with Chris, sometimes he can be too forceful about his opinion, but he realizes that too. You know, so like there's there's some balance there. But then you get some other people who, you know, they have a very strong opinion, but the way that they do it just like shits on everybody around them. Yeah. You know, and, and then if you say something contrary to it, then they get they get defensive or they get, well, this is my opinion or, you know, or they just like tell you you're wrong. Uh, back when, so the big fan group on Facebook, which is oh, like, no. I don't know, it's, I think it, I know it's over 2,000 people now, it might be pushing 3,000 or, or more by now. I was an admin on that group for a long time. I can't even and, remember. Uh, I, was in that group I remember when there was, it was one of the times that there was a lot of argument going on, and it might have been the Book of Death phase, and this one dude, bas- like, he was being a dick. And he was so I I'm somebody that if you're going to argue, you better argue logically like you can argue your ass off and be an asshole about it. If you use logic, if you use formula to how you argue, because, you know, what, then you're following the proper rules of it. Um, I, think, I took I think a symbolic. You, yeah, you might be expecting a little bit too much out of your average Internet interaction, but please. <laughs> well, no, exactly, exactly. But uh I, I, I took a symbolic logic class in college that I loved because it literally took arguments down to a formula. And there's a, there is a formula to any argument. And so this one guy was arguing something and was being an asshole. And he literally said, like, like, I'm not being an asshole. I'm teaching you how to argue. And I said, you're out of this group. Delete you. And I, I deleted that motherfucker. Um, and uh, actually, I don't. I don't think I did because anytime I was pissed off, I would tell one of the other admins, "You need to look at this and make a decision on it," because I'm too pissed off about it. But uh, yeah, it's like people, you know, people will just be ridiculous, and they'll, you know, they. It, it's just it's ridiculous. Ultimately, the the long moral of the story here, people, is uh, it's okay to have different opinions. Number one, if you say your opinion in a, a public group on a social forum. If everybody disagrees with you, it's really okay. Like you said your opinion, you don't even have to defend it. You know, you, you, you said it. Listen to what people say and you get a different perspective. You said your perspective. You know, you don't need any more than that. Um, when it breaks down into just arguing, it's useless. It's pointless. Um, but, you know, if you are going to get into a debate, like you have to listen to the other side of the argument. You know, you're not getting into the debate to convince other people. You're getting into debate to hear what other people think. And if you remember that, then you're going to get more out of it. Other people are going to get more out of it. And uh, if you do that in my Facebook group, you won't get kicked out. That's if you even make it into your Facebook group. Yeah, we're really bad about approving people in that group. Are you in the group, Jeff? It's fine. I am. No, I am. And it's it's great because you guys are – there's far less traffic and therefore far less nonsense than the big group, and there's a lot more going on than than our group, which is a uh, Owen the Valiant <coughs> plug, <laughs> which is which is a, which is a public group, and anybody can just stop by and type up an essay at four o'clock in the morning about why they don't like oh, such I and such. 
that I was at that page quite a bit. I'm in that group, and I think every time I see somebody post, I'm like, should I just leave this group? I'm like, yeah, this group's okay. I like only the value. It's good. We're, you just, you know, it's just, it's just easy. It's just, you know, I, I don't know. It's weird, dude. The, the, because the podcast is so tightly constrained to we're going to talk about this book. <laughs> we're going to talk about that book and then we're going to end. And really the best episodes are when we kind of break away from that a little bit and we have a little bit of fun. Like the, the last one that we just did at Rapture number one, I, I listened to it and I was like, this is, this was actually a good, this is a good podcast, but I don't, I don't know how many people, you know, are going to listen to that as as a supplement to their their weekly reading every single week. You know what I mean? It's 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 not, and there's there's no linearity to it. It's not like listening to the old OTV where you know you can listen to episode number one and then episode number two, and there's this kind of it's just like whatever, whatever the books are. You know, we're we're, we're talking about man, that big group man. There's been a lot of nutbags in and out of there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I I don't even know who who the nutbags in there are now, but they always uh they always show themselves at some point. Uh, the interesting thing about the the OTV group, so obviously like Sean made the group, and you know I'm good friends with Sean. Uh, Sean was actually like he, so you're talking about you're still working on building your VH1 collection slowly. I completely built the VH1 collection, and then when I was ready to buy a house, I completely sold it. Um, but Sean sent me so many books because he was building like a second collection and then decided to just like it was too much. So he got back. But he sent me so many books like Sean. Sean is the ultimate Valiant fan. Like he is the epitome of a Valiant fan. He like he's looking out for other fans. Uh, you know, he has his opinions, but he's very gracious to others. And, you know, he listens to other opinions. But like Sean, somebody he was on one of our first few episodes of this podcast. And that was my favorite of our first few episodes was the one that we had him on so like you know just just being tight with sean and there was a certain individual who's in both of our groups who was being very negative about things and being able to talk to <laughs> sean about that and get uh like once i i got to the point where sean was like yes this is a problem this person needs to learn to rein it in this is what i'm trying to do <laughs> that's when i fe- that that was the point that i realized like i wasn't just being an asshole who was fed up with somebody but it's like, okay, th- th- this is something that, like, this person either has to, like, tweak their behavior or, like, just, you know, not really contribute anymore. I um, have absolutely zero percent idea who you're talking about, Wink. I think <laughs> I do, but I'm not. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't know, dude. It's, it's, it's good. I like that people are talking about it, to be honest. And I like that there's other podcasts. I like that, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It's such a, such a vibrant community that, you know, even, even sometimes some of the bad is, is, is still pretty okay. And, and man, I have a box of extra VH1 comics upstairs. If, uh, <laughs> you want to give me an idea of what it is that you're looking for, I might be able to help you out. Uh, yeah. Um, one of the little funny stories was so you if i remember correctly you said you started listening to our podcast at the 100th episode when we had like five guys from valiant on yes dude that was that was glorious that was really good listening that was a hell of an episode i had to pee really bad in my basement we recorded for like four or five hours um what didn't otv do didn't they sit down with some with dinesh and some other guys was it wondercon 
There was one episode where they were sitting, or is it C two E two? I can't remember. I, um, I think they did. I think they did. Um, well, it was WonderCon. I think that he's. See, I don't know. It's 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 weird. See, when you guys did it, it was it was a huge deal. I'd I'd heard OTV guys interview a bunch of those guys a, a whole bunch of times. You know, but you guys, you guys yeah, had all the part episode. about that that one that OTV did was it. Dinesh kept bringing up these hardcovers. Kept talking about the hardcovers. <laughs> it was this this joke that just kept coming back up and up and up. And I, was, I think he was talking about the uh, the VH1 hardcovers. Hard yeah, I think. Well, it was. It's kind of weird because I don't. I don't know if you would even call those BH1 because they came out yeah, after, after VEI bought the. It was. It was the 2007 ones, I think, right? And they did the recolored. Uh, oh yeah. God. Yeah, I got those too. It was reprinting <laughs> nice. of, of VH1 stuff, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, like when we did that, we, you know, like part of the thing is making it a spectacle, and that's what we did. Is you know, it was a big deal. You know, we were making it, it was our hundredth episode. We brought on a bunch of people all at one time, but. Um, that's actually ten, tangential to what I'm getting at. So, sorry. Anyways, you've been listening to us for for a little bit, so you know that like one of the things that that we do is we, you know, we're here to have fun and we talk shit about other podcasts and we talk shit out of love because we love the other podcasts. If we didn't care about you, we would not mention you. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious that one time I was I I don't even remember what it was or what I said, but I was uh, talking shit about VCR. And obviously, I have a lot of respect for VCR. Like, they, I think, are the, uh, you know, you guys are the premier review podcast for Valiant. You know, I mean, I think that you're the number one that anybody should go to. Um, but I was making some kind of fun about <laughs> something. And I pissed, uh, pissed Jason from, from Canada off so bad, apparently. Like, he, I didn't know from him, but Chris actually told me about it. Like, he was, like, legitimately pissed off at me. Um, I just, I thought that was, you know, it was, it was kind of hilarious, but, uh, Jason, as much as he can be off the wall, sometimes like there's also endearing qualities about Jason. And I just want to say, Jason, I don't even know if you listen to us anymore after that, but if you do, <laughs> um, just, just know that I do love Chris. I love VCR. And, uh, I also like, I appreciate what you bring to Valiant Fandom. Like, yeah, you, you can't definitely. take you can't take interpodcast beefs even remotely seriously, especially not in no. a greater fandom of, of a <laughs> or the, and they were Facebook groups too. I mean, what was that a couple of days ago? Oh my God, that was so, so... somebody got butt hurt over those t-shirt <laughs> mock-ups that Ronnie did. Uh, oh man, Jeff, did you catch wind of this at all? No. So Ronnie. You know, who we talked about a little bit earlier, he made a bunch of, uh, of mock-ups of t-shirts, uh, because we've talked about, like, making, um, you know, promotional products before, and somebody was asking about, like, t-shirts, you know, or, or whatever. And so he made a bunch of stuff, and one of them, so there's a Valiant Facebook group called the Valiant Army. Um, and like I said, yikes. The, the Facebook groups, I, not in a good way, not in a bad way. I don't care about any of them except <laughs> the Valiant Central because that is the only one. Like, you know why the Valiant Central exists? I actually asked this to somebody from from the Valiant Army group because he brought it up to me and like he thought our, he knew our joke was a joke and thought it was funny. Um, the Valiant Central doesn't exist to be a Valiant group to talk about Valiant. It's a group for people that listen to our podcast that are fans of our podcast. 
So we do talk about Valiant in there, but we also talk about Marvel and Ninja Turtles. And, you know, for me personally, that group is a little bit of a firewall between me and my family, so I could post whatever the fuck I want <laughs> without my family seeing it. Because, you know what, Facebook is my family's social media. Uh, they, they, I, like, I, I'm, I live in Maine. I'm from California. Like, I'm spread out, you know? Uh, so that, that's my family's social media. So I don't want to, like, first of all, I don't want to swear, uh, on my personal Facebook page. Um, I, I don't want to talk about, like, stuff I'm, you know, I'm buying and that I'm excited about. Like, that's, that's stuff that, like, my family has no, you know, no business knowing about the ins and outs of every little thing I do, you know? Sure. It's my firewall. So, that's kind of what the, what that group is. So Ronnie made this shirt and as soon as I saw it, like I didn't, I like, I wasn't a big fan of the shirt because as much as like, I mean, I, I, I have been uninhibited this episode and swearing quite a bit. Uh, whereas usually I might watch myself a little bit more, but I've had a fucking day. So whatever, you know, I, it's one thing to swear on the podcast. It's another thing to have profanity on something promoting the podcast. So Ronnie made a shirt that said Valiant Army, Valiant marines then it said valiant central bitches but bitches was like in symbols um <laughs> is that right jay did i, did I get it yeah right? yeah it okay it, it it's funny it's i mean whatever like yes there is a valiant army facebook group there's a little bit of an insider reason why ronnie would want to take a jab at that group not about the group but about a member of the group uh -huh. um but ultimately, like, even if we're taking a little bit of a poke, you know what? Like, we get a shitload of attention, so all that's going to do is get attention for your group. So, like, that's not a negative thing. Like, if we are taking a jab at you, it's to it's to, to mention you, to talk about you, you know? Just like you guys would talk about us for any group, any podcast, whatever. It draws attention, you know? Well, it's like Jeff said but, earlier, uh, all publicity is good publicity. Yeah, exactly. As long as as long as you guys don't want to rag on me for that one-off podcast I did by myself, <laughs> I really should go back and listen to that. Oh I, I, man, can I just oh, fucking man. tell you what a nightmare that was? Listen, I had like ten false starts on that thing, and <laughs> a handful of them were were over five minutes. I have I have no experience editing this crap. It was literally the zero hour. It was like Tuesday night, like eight thirty. I'm upstairs. <laughs> doing it myself and i'm like if if you listen it's really like I, I i had to i had to slow myself down um i think i take for granted sometimes the amount of editing that goes in uh that that sean and chris do when when we're doing vcr and i think something like this maybe being a little bit more free form it might be easier it might not but it might be a little bit easier because you know if somebody has to pause for a second to think about what they're saying like it's all, all a natural part of conversation well this is not a natural conversation because i don't talk to myself very often number one <laughs> okay <laughs> number two i'm trying to think of how i can make an interesting conversation with one person out of you know two comic books that I'm normally talking about with at least one other person, if not two. Dude, there, was... there's a clear answer to this, Jeff. You clearly should have uh, impersonated everybody else on the podcast. Oh, dude! <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I remember when you that, posted yeah. about that. Like you saw how many people were like, "Well, I would have done it. I would have done it." If no. you ever in a pinch, all you got to do is hit a couple of groups and say, "Like, hey, who wants the podcast right now?" Somebody will do it. Well, the thing, I mean, too, I, I need, um, I don't even have the, the, the PAM software to record the Skype things. All I did was I just, I recorded it in, uh, 
I think I recorded it in Audacity, which is I, I could have edited it. And actually, it's it's pretty easy to just cut stuff out of there. But you know, again, with the time constraint and stuff, I that they would have been far more would have been far more tricky to include somebody else in there. It would have been more more you know they would have get another program and you stuff like that. But no, I like that idea. I'm gonna people. next time I'm gonna do that. I'll just. <laughs> I'll just, uh, I'll just, so, I'll just uh, Chris and Sean will be like, oh, my name's Sean and I like everything. I can find something I like about every book and Dead Drop wasn't as bad as you thought it was. They'll be like, hey, I'm Chris and fuck Ray for Roberts. I don't like um, anything. Get off my lawn. <laughs> um, oh, man. So, uh, I, I mentioned this to you earlier too, uh, but Jay, he's been on one other VCP episode and that was, uh, the last time that Martin needed a, a week off, and uh, so we covered for him. So I, I hit up Jay because Jay has he Jay. This was I think right after you covered for uh, for Justin Ehart on the Love and Rockets episode of Comics in Black and White. Yeah. So uh, a little context to that story: Justin stood me up like three times. I mean, he had his reasons. There there, there were valid reasons, but like I was just like, I got to get this fucking thing done. So I sent Jay a message like, hey, because Jay was the one that said you need to do Love and Rockets. He sent me the fucking book. And so I sent Jay a message like, hey, are you free literally right now? In 15 minutes, we were doing the episode. And I think it was right after that that I said, hey, Jay, you want to do VCP with me? And then we ended up having Jay on, uh, Jack on. Uh, Jack does the, the Ultimate Marvel podcast also on, on Nerdy Legion with Ronnie. Um, and then we had Duan on, and Duan just started doing, uh, collecting Valiant. Um, so we ended up having like a big, you know, party cast episode, and I, I had to jump off the episode like two or three times because of family stuff. Family stuff, by the way, is code for my kid won't fucking stay in bed. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, I yeah, that was the last time Jay was on. I think I listened and, to And, uh, my recorder didn't record. The saving grace was Jack recorded it also because Jack does other podcasts. So, uh, and now it's like, you know, I got Jay records, Jack records. We got a bunch of people who record. So like, if you're ever in a pinch with recording an episode, there's plenty of people who can record it too. So keep that in mind. Ah, well, folks, I think it's getting late and I think it's, uh, probably about time for us to wrap this up. Um, so, uh, let's do the wrap ups here. So you can find Jay on Twitter at Jay forgets. Jay forgets. Yeah. At Jay forgets. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, where can people find you on social media? Oh man, please don't <laughs> go to the only the valiant Facebook group. Uh, join it. You don't even have to get approval. It's a public group. So just go and join it there to uh, interact with Jeff and other only the valiant people. I am on Twitter at Who's Paul. The podcast is on Twitter at Valiant underscore Central. Uh, tweet Martin on Twitter at Geekfine. Oh, don't uh, tweet Cough, cough also at, at Valiant underscore Central. Uh, and tell him how much more enjoyable this episode was than all the ones where he is on it and Paul is not. <laughs> Just to say from that comment. <laughs> Jay wholeheartedly supports everything I say because he is my CBW podcast wife, so... Since yeah, I'm just here I've got for a, hire, I'll... I've still got to suck up to Martin because Dennis and I are trying to get a new podcast started on his network. So <laughs> not... You don't have to suck up for that. Martin's like, yeah, more podcasts. Because <laughs> he keeps on talking about making it profitable, but then he doesn't do it. So, 
yeah, him and I are gonna have to have a conversation in the near future. I get a I get a whole a whole idea of a network of podcasts that have nothing to do with comic books, believe it or not. <laughs> I'm gonna get the ball rolling on that. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this episode of uh, Valiant Central Podcast. We actually, I, th- I feel like we did a fairly good job talking about Valiant, even though we talked a lot of Marvel in the middle and a little bit of other stuff. But this was a fun episode. Uh, so, you know, you can uh, catch Jeff on uh, on the VCR podcast. Uh, you know, hit him up on the Only the Valiant Facebook group. Uh, both, you know, good podcasts and Only the Valiant. So they're back monthly now, right? Uh, that's what it seems to be, which is which is funny. Yeah. You know, they when they called it quits, I still to this day have not listened to their quote unquote last episode because I was so <laughs> bummed, so bummed. Dude, I binge watched a bit, yeah, binge watched. I binge watched the podcast. I listened to all of their episodes in a very very short span of time, uh, doing like crap around the house and 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 whatever and. Uh, at the gym and, and, and everything. And then he posted, he's like, yeah, we're calling it quits and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nope, I still haven't listened to it, but yeah, they're, they're back. I didn't, I kept my fingers crossed that it wouldn't take them long. And it, it didn't. It, it's, it's good to have them back. I, I haven't listened to any of the episodes since they've come back, uh, to be honest. Cause like I said, my podcast listening habits, but I should dive into that. Uh, only the Valiant for anybody who's listening to this, like th- they've been doing, they did Valiant podcasts when there was no Valiant being published. So, like, they, there are some real hardcore Valiant fans. So, check out the Only the Valiant podcast. Check out, uh, the Valiant Comics Review. And, uh, that, that's where you can find Jeff. Uh, you can find Jay along with me on the Comics Black and White podcast on the, the Nerdy Legion Network. Uh, the last episode that we did that'll be getting posted in, uh, I think it's coming Sunday is about Motor Girl. Uh, Terry Moore's book. So anybody who loves Terry Moore, we've actually done a few Terry Moore episodes on comics of black and white in our very short history so far. So check us out. Um, check out all the other Nerdy Legion podcasts. And uh, until next time, what was the outro on Only the Valiant? Feel my power? Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, feel all of our power. We got lots of power. <laughs> feel There's power all over the place. So much power just flying through the air. Go back and listen to old episodes of, uh, of Only the Valiant to hear that said appropriately, though. <laughs> I don't do impersonations, so I'm not going to try to do uh, try to do that. Good night, folks. being an asshole i'm teaching you it's useless it's pointless keep that in mind we talk shit out of love <laughs> lift their kilts and flash their asses lifting your kilt flashing your ass that's the, the title of the podcast yeah feel all of our power we got lots of power here Phil, there's power all over the place so much power just flying through the air now that wasn't terrible